You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake in a frigid Caldwell Banker Group on Realty Studio in West Meadow. Not that cold in here. But no, I'll just say it's kind of nice in here. What are we at right now? Uh, you haven't been looking at the time and temp like me. I've been kind of fascinated with it this morning. I think we are up to 13 degrees right now. Yeah, uh, 13 degrees. I've been, I've been checking it out. So right now I believe we are colder than uh, Billings, Montana, Washington, D.C., Boston, other big cities across the country. One of the reasons why – we live in the south to stay away from stuff like this. Yeah, I thought we were safe from this type of weather, but I've uh, been wrong before. Everybody says, well, you know, I'd rather be cold than hot. And no. I, yeah, no. I would rather be be 102 degrees than be 13 degrees. I'm 100% with you. Yes. I don't love sweating when I have to go somewhere, <laughs> but if I don't have don't anywhere. like freezing to, either. Well, I'm, I'm saying, like, if I don't have anywhere to go, like, if I don't have to look nice for anything, yeah. dude, I don't care if I sweat. Like, I'm totally cool yeah. with that. Uh, everybody, once again, uh, be safe out there. I know a lot of different cancellations again today with uh, schools and a number of businesses. Roads still can be slick in numerous spots. Hit us up at 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline slash text line. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. And we all hope, of course, we, uh, it warms up very soon. Yeah, please, please. Uh, plenty to discuss over the next two hours, and as we typically do first thing in the morning, we tip off with some headlines. What do you got, Jake? I guess we have to go with that uh, nail-biter that LSU had last night. It was a game that they let slip through their fingers, which is going to haunt them. Because this was a big game because both Georgia and LSU were our bubble teams, and they're going to need wins like this against one another to help that resume. LSU falls to Georgia 61 to 60 at home, drops the Tigers to 11 and 6 overall and 2 and 3 in the SEC, including now in uh, SEC home games, they are 0 and 3. Yeah, that's what's crazy. They lost all three of their home games, won both games on the road. Um, but this game, they should have won. They, you know, they were up 34 to 24 at halftime. I thought they did a great job early of using their speed and, and you know they were outsized again i talked about that yesterday how it's going to be interesting to see how they dealt with that um that lack of size and, and georgia was one of the better rebounding teams in the league so we'll wait so well we won't even try to compete with that we'll just go small and we'll try to run get out transition we'll play pressure d and it worked it, it, they only held they held yontay uh maton to just uh, four points in the first half and he leads the league in scoring second half though he was pretty good Second half, he went off. <laughs> he had uh, he finished with 21 points in the game. And, of course, the biggest one was the last one, uh, the, the contested layup at the end to, to give Georgia the, the one-point win. Um, but, you know, if you look at the game and how it played out, the second half, I, I thought LSU came out with no energy. You know, they, they let Georgia go on an 8-0 run, and that was the difference. You know, Georgia gets right back into the game, and from there – you had lead change after lead change. The good thing from this game, though, was Brandon Sampson's play. This is a guy who got injured at the Maui um, Invitational. And, you know, ever since then, he came back, you know, last month and 
hasn't really looked like himself. Um, still, you know, still isn't fully 100%. As you you can just watch him running, he doesn't look like that. But had a heck of a game. Yeah, after starting the SEC play, 0 for 9 in three-pointers. He had a 3 of 5 last night for 17 points. He, he had, you know, little spurts of his old self last night. and had 17 points, and it was the most points he scored since uh, November. You know, so that was very good to see. They've been waiting for him to – to kind of start acting like the old Brandon Sampson that we're, we've been accustomed to seeing. And that's one good thing. But the other, you know, the, the negative is Tremont Waters didn't have a, a spectacular night. And it, it seems like it, for the LSU to win, he's going to have to be spectacular every night, right? And <clears throat> the half-court heave, some people took issue with that. But, you know, that was – Georgia had great defense. He probably should have gave it up and, and, and let somebody else take a better shot. But – you know, that is what it is. I was just a little disappointed with the way they came out uh, to start the second half. Uh, Jake mentioned it. Uh, six of the nine players in uh, the rotation are six feet or shorter. Will Wade, after the game, actually addressed that. Says, we can only beat you in a couple different ways. Really good teams can beat you in seven, eight, nine different ways. Our game has to go a certain style. And if we're not in that style, it really decreases our chances and our opportunity to win. Yeah, and you, you saw that even though they, I thought they did a great job in the first half, uh, Georgia's uh, post guy, Derek Ogbeade, I can't really say his name, he was eating them alive inside. They would just get it down to him, and I think he, he was like four for four with nine points early on, and uh, he was really keeping Georgia afloat in the, in the early, early goings. But, yeah, that's, that's going to be a problem going forward, and we knew that. We knew this team had limitations, but – Overall, that was a game that they really, really needed to win if they wanted to have a chance. All right, a couple things, Jake, before we move on. I did not see an announced attendance. Uh, How was the crowd? Not great, but... Weather had a lot to do with it. I was going to say, can you expect it to be great with the weather, how it was? It was actually better than I anticipated, Mm -hmm. you know, especially from the students, you know, with them canceling school. I thought the students showed up, and uh, it wasn't wasn't as bad as I I was expecting it to be. Kind of the season, though, now you expected. Uh, there was high expectations after a couple big wins. Some were even mentioned in perhaps a NCAA tournament. Now the, the bar kind of comes back to really Yeah, and I'm kind of glad it did because from, from, for the longest time I was saying this, you know, I still don't expect them to get to the tournament. And then, you know, when they beat Texas A&M, you're like, okay. And, you know, you start thinking about it and the expectations rise. But now after these two losses, it forces you to look at this team and say, yes, there are some major holes that are still there. Uh, they've made tremendous improvements, and Waters is one of the best players in the country, but it's still a long way to go for LSU basketball. We don't mention the Pels very often, but it's not often they go out and beat the Celtics. Nice win for them last night in overtime. Anthony Davis continues to just tear it up. He really – that's that's the thing, man. He's, he's going off. He had 45 points yesterday, 16 rebounds. Another thing – that I've noticed as of late is Drew Holiday has been really special. I mean, even last night he had, what do you have, 23 points and seven assists, and that was coming off of a big game uh, prior. Uh, the game before, I think he had like 30 points, something like that. So, Pels are playing really well right now. As I mentioned to you yesterday, they're, they're the sixth seed right now, uh, which is kind of crazy. Hopefully they can, you know, continue to, to pile on wins. But beating the Boston Celtics in Boston – is, is definitely a feather in their cap. Last four games, Anthony Davis is averaging 39.8 <sighs> points per game, 13 rebounds, and in eight of the last nine games, he scored 29 or more points. Davis is on a tear. There was also a fight, another one, in the NBA last night. This was a good one. 
this was a real fight. Uh, this, this this wasn't one of those quote unquote NBA fights where the guys didn't really want to engage. So if you didn't if you didn't see it, um, Aaron Afalo and I'm gonna butcher the other guy's name, but Jellica something sounds good. Yeah, okay. Uh, Afalo and Bajelica, I'll just call him Bajelica. I know I'm butchering it, but just go with it for the story. They've been you know shoving each other, getting into it a little bit, and finally. Afalo just had enough, and he sw- takes swings an overhand right from his grandma's house. I mean, he he throws the biggest of haymakers. He misses, and what was funny was Bajelica caught him in a one-arm guillotine afterward and then had to let go, but uh, really, really uh, interesting fight there. Uh, it's like the NBA can't help itself. It's like the NBA has to put on to draw these headlines, but, hey, they keep making it to our headlines every morning, so good for them. Uh, Saints held their season-ending press conference uh, yesterday. That meant Sean Payton had to go up to the podium and ask, answer, try to answer some irritating questions. Also, uh, the players in the locker room, um, I listened to a, a majority of them, and we'll share some of that sound with you uh, later today and also tomorrow. Biggest takeaways from it, uh, the major storyline was all about Drew Brees and his contract, where they go. Uh, Drew Brees as you would expect, handed it like a professional, just, you know, said yes. He wants to be in New Orleans. Can't imagine playing for another quarterback, another coach. Uh, he wants to be there, and he, he believes just to let the process play itself out now. Conversations will start. He hopes to have something worked out before uh, middle of March. Then you go to the flip side. Sean Payton wanted no part of the conversation, really. Uh, early on in the press conference, the questions were asked about Sean Payton and basically mm-hmm. said, nope. Today's not the day. I pol- uh, politely declined. Somebody tried to follow it up with the, the impact, you know, the softball question about the, the impact that Drew Brees has had on this community and the franchise. Peyton basically said, nope, I can answer it. We'll get to it. It is a process. So there you go. You hate that, don't you? He just never – he should have plenty of experience with it now. He just doesn't seem to handle it very well. I don't think he cares. Yeah, well, that's true. Honestly. He doesn't. Like, I mean, go back to – And we'll have some sound later on. He'll basically – somebody ask him about these end-of-the-year press conferences, and he says, well, not a fan of it. Wish I didn't have to do it. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to be on a beach. Yeah, I just don't remember – this year more than any other year. Like, he's just come out and done things and – Really hasn't apologized for it. Uh, just kind of, say, oh, it's all in good fun. Did come out uh, yesterday in terms of the skull clap. Yeah. He was kind of uh, trolling a little bit at the end of the ball game. Yeah. Before the final 10 seconds, obviously. It was the Gatorade bath. Yes. It was the Gatorade bath. That's what that was. Uh, yeah. No, that was, um, and, and again, he's just like, ah, it's all in good fun. So, okay, be able to take it when people dish it back at you. And that's kind of <clears throat> that's what I've been saying. Like you know, a lot of Saints fans will love this. Well, it gets funny, but if this was the Falcons coach doing things like this, y'all would hate him. Big question and the term that kept popping up: uh, window, the window of opportunity now for the Saints. I also saw uh, national guys uh, yesterday and pundits uh, trying to compare the Steelers with the Saints, whose window. Who has a bigger window of opportunity right now? Mm. I would certainly think it would be the Saints. I would too. Just younger, especially on defense. Yeah, a lot of comparisons, of course, with Roethlisberger and the, and 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 Breeze, and then the, the running back situations. But I would rather have right now the combination of Ingram and Kamara than uh, Bell, who going into the game 
Then even he's already talking about retiring contract, contract negotiations <laughs> and trying to get more money out of the franchise. Yeah. For a guy that's been suspended, what, twice? That's a no three brainer. times? That's a no brainer. Plus, I mean, if you just want to look at him, mean, Camaro's younger. Yeah. So all the way around. That's and Camaro looks like he could be the next Bell. Yeah. I mean he's Bell's special. Don't he's special, but Camaro is versatile like Bell. Camaro Bell has that special patience that, that you just dream about in a running back. Camaro's not there yet, but you know, a couple of years from now, Kamara could be the best back in the league. Another back that could be the best back in the league. He's certainly off to a fast start in the postseason. What Leonard Fournette did against uh, last week in that playoff game, pretty darn impressive versus uh, the Steelers. Uh, the, the three touchdowns, he leaves the game, comes back. And then yesterday, big uh, sigh of relief coming from uh, Jags fans. It is reported, and of course we see the pictures now, Leonard Fournette. Rear-ended on the interstate there mm-hmm. in uh, Jacksonville. Pretty scary, your franchise running back. Just a fender bender, though. Uh, Fournette's uh, 2017's Mercedes was uh, knocked a little bit. The fender was knocked off. So get this. Fournette takes the fender, signs it, and gives it to a first responder. <laughs> what do you do with a fender? That's it's autographed fender. Is it above the fireplace? <laughs> do you take it home and tell the wife, <laughs> Hey, I picked this up something. How cool is this going to be in the living room? Yeah, yeah. Good luck getting that anywhere in the house. So what do you do with a Fender? Autograph Fender dude, I don't Leonard Fournette. Hang it in your garage? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I'm out of ideas there. Uh, he uh, then taking pictures with uh, the trooper that worked the uh, accident. So uh, it could have been a scary incident, the fact that you're looking at your franchise running back involved in an accident leading into this huge AFC championship game with the Patriots, but uh, nobody was injured. Fournette, of course, coming off that 109-yard, three-touchdown performance against Pittsburgh on Sunday. But, you know, Fournette was professional, was nice, and everyone away with autographs. And, and a fender. And a fender and, and photos. So you love to hate on the guy, but, uh, you know, another cool story for Leonard Fournette. I'm not hating You him. love to hate on Leonard Just Fournette. Just because I don't like the way it played out last year and played out ultimately – the way it ended at LSU. You're, you're a Fournette hater. Let's I'm not it. a Fournette. He, he was magnificent last week. And he uh, showed some real guts coming back into that game. Okay. You still hate him. Yeah. Uh, I did find this interesting over the weekend, and we didn't really talk about it. The All-Star game, the, the trop, uh, tropical All-Star game. The fact that uh, The what? Tropical, I believe. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah, this is a big-time All-Star game, right? Well, it caught my attention. Sure. Uh, two LSU, former LSU quarterbacks on the same roster. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, go ahead and tell the story. I know oh, you're – I told you the the basis of it. Uh, Danny Etling and Brandon Brandon Harris, Harris. both on the same roster, and uh, they both uh, put up pretty much uh, Brandon Harris, Danny Etling-type numbers. <laughs> but Harris is named one of the MVPs of the game. Wow. It, tell me how great a stat line was. Uh, I'm still trying to find it. It was basically a – Brandon Harris stat. Line. It was, I think it was seven of sixteen for fifty-two yards. Yeah, didn't even throw a touchdown. Uh, he had one touchdown. Okay, he had a touchdown. So, That's good. Uh, and then he had like five rushes for somewhere around sixteen yards. Oh man, so that, what an all-star game! Yeah, Harris and Etling back on the same team though. Yeah, trying to catch the eye of an NFL coach or two. Stop! <laughs> Stop it! Uh, other headlines, what you got on this, uh, what is today, Wednesday morning? I got a couple. Um, first of all, I know you had to love the the news of Ensminger was first offered the offensive coordinator job in 2010. 
Wes Miles revealed that with uh, Matt Muscona and Baton Rouge in an interview saying that he offered him the job after Gary Croton, and Ensminger turned it down. Are you surprised? Not really, but it then goes back to the motivation factor with Ensminger. Why would he turn that job down seven, eight years ago? I don't know. I, I, that's what I keep telling you, or what I was telling you last week, is it feels like he's he believes he's not good enough. Like, it just kind of comes off as that. Like, he thinks he's not good enough for that job. Didn't want the pressure. Didn't want the responsibility, perhaps. And now it's the end of his career, 59 years old. Why not give it one last go at it, be the offensive coordinator, like I've said. Orgeron gives you the pitch, hey, this is going to be likely my last chance. I want to go out with you. Uh, we either succeed together or we, or we fail together. And then ultimately, uh, they're going to throw close to a million dollars at you, maybe even more. Why not? They're not. They're not. That's not happening. That's I don't pretty revealing by Miles, though, to say, yes, he offered that job it is. in 2010. It is. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's a money issue with Insminger either. I think he want. I think he wants the job. I just think there was always some hesitancy because of how his last couple of coordinator jobs ended. Hmm. Any more headlines from you on this Wednesday? Yeah, uh, Trey Young, the Oklahoma phenom, had twelve turnovers last night. You got to be pretty good to turn it over twelve times. Because <laughs> that means they got to really have faith in you to keep you in the ball game. Oh, dude, he he is their offense. Like they make they don't even try to disguise it. Like he is he runs everything. Um, and that's why you see him have high turnovers in just about every ball game. But uh, Oklahoma now lost two of the last four. Um, Trey Young did have a 14-game streak where he scored uh, 25 points or more, and that was snapped yesterday to Kansas State. So um, now you're starting to look at – I still think he's going to be a great NBA player because he's, they're not NBA teams aren't going to rely on him like Oklahoma's relying on him this year. He's trying to – he's seeing so much of the court, he's trying to make too many plays – just one of those cases where somebody does too much. Sherman weighs in on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Uh, he points out that uh, Ensminger still has a job at LSU. Wouldn't be there if he would have took it back then. Good point, Sherman. Will he have a job at LSU after this year mm. or two years from now? A few of the headlines on this Wednesday morning. If we missed one or two, you can certainly hit us up. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pancake. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Is that crying? Let's get to the starting lineup. Like we said, uh, the Saints with their uh, season-ending press conferences. You'll hear from a majority of the stars and Sean Payton later in the show. We always look forward to catching up with Dr. Saul Graves. He will join us at the bottom of the hour. Keith Richard, ULM's head basketball coach, will join us for his weekly visit at 8 o'clock. And you got a game for us today, right? Yes, it's called One Word. We're going to look back at the 2017 football season. We're going to look at our local teams. And I want you to give me one word to describe each team. 888-993-7762, the morning drive on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7. Returns after this. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys. 
so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. New Year, New You. Let Pata's Barbecue help with eating healthy. Our meats are smoked and we have low carb sides. Beef, turkey, chicken, ribs, and pulled pork. All slow cooked and full of flavor. Eat healthy at a low price. Try one of our lunch specials chicken and sausage with two sides for $6.99, or get a fourth of a chicken and two sides for $4.99. So come on in to Pata's. Drive through or use a waiter app for delivery. Two locations 165 North in Monroe or Splane Drive next to Walgreens in West Monroe. Pata's Barbecue, serving the South's best barbecue since 1977. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive on the all new Sports Talk 97.7. Stay warm out there today. Yeah, good luck. Is it going to get over uh, freezing today? I know you're not a meteorologist. I probably should have paid attention yesterday before I go on. I would have known that. I don't think it is. You didn't like my blizzarding uh, hot take? <laughs> hot Cold take. take? Yes. Oh, man. Do you think that, you could do weather? Think I could do weather? Weather shouldn't be that hard, right? Just like people say sports shouldn't be that hard. You could stand at that green screen and uh, Just point. point. It's a little tougher than you think. I'm, I'm sure it is. Um. Yeah, and I'm kind of worried, too, because I'm going to be going to Vidalia tonight and then New Orleans tomorrow, yeah. so hopefully. Yeah, you really planned that out well. Well, yeah. Take that uh, vacation to the Big Easy for a few days. Yeah, well, <laughs> couldn't have foreseen this. Hopefully it works out well for you. Yeah, thanks. One more headline before we move on. Um, there are some confl- conflicting reports, and so now it's, it's not even confirmed, but it kind of looks like one of those – Thing. I, I've been following the UFC long enough to, to notice a trend where um, where you hear a little bit of noise, there's usually something to it. And so there are some conflicting reports that Conor McGregor will be stripped of his lightweight championship because it seems like he won't fight in the first half of this year, which is what Dana White wanted, which means that they will make a title fight, a legitimate title fight, not an interim title fight between Tony Ferguson and uh, Khabib uh Nagamadov, which is an awesome fight. If you, if you know anything, if you follow the sport, um, Tony Ferguson's won like 10 fights in a row, something like that. And Khabib just absolutely mauled uh, Edson Barboza. And Khabib's a guy that I don't think Connor wants to fight. I mean, he could draw a lot of money with him. And, you know, because Khabib is, is, has a huge following. He's from Russia. This is a guy, Aaron, that grew up wrestling bears. <laughs> I'm not kidding. There's a, there, I think there's actual video of it. Um, but he he is an absolute beast. Um, he's like the one of the scariest guys you could ever fight because he can take you down at will and just continuously punch you in the face until your face looks like grinded up meat. Do you really believe that that he wrestled bears growing? I up? think I, I swear I saw a video of it one time when he was a kid. It was like a little cub. 
But he's still, dude, they're tough in Russia. You know this. Everyone knows this. They're made different in I Russia. will break you. And he's like that. Like, he, he gets people to the ground, and he'll just, he said, you have to give up. And he'll, like, he'll talk to Dana White while he's fighting somebody. It's crazy. Uh, it's unfair to McGregor. Dana White knew that the path that they're going down with the Mayweather and McGregor, and then to strip him of a title. After the guy, you know, let's take some time out. He had the bank. Dude, you know, he hasn't. Def- he won the belt in November of 2016. Yeah. He didn't fight once last year. It's already 2018, and if he's not going to fight in the first half of 2018, mm. that's you're getting close to two years, mm. okay? So you have to defend your belt, first of all. Second of all. And do you think he really cares about his belt? I do. Yeah. Because he, he cared about the featherweight belt. He didn't want to relinquish that title, but they made him give it up. Um, so I think he does, but where's his motivation at? The fans just broke the bank, right, with Mayweather. Um, I know he's a true fighter. I know he's a competitive fighter, so I, I do believe he'll fight again. But, you know, when you're that rich and you're not thirsting for money, I guess it, it's kind of hard to go to the gym and get punched in the face, right? Mm-hmm. I mean – you know, you don't have to do it anymore. The way he burns through money, he might have to sooner than later, though. Uh, just staying on point here, I did see something tied in with this, the fact that uh, you look at uh, uh, Jay Glazer, known for his work, of course, on Fox Sports and yeah. his NFL coverage and all the inside scoop and dirt that he brings. He has worked out a deal with uh, Bellator. He will be uh, doing some announcing with them, but he will keep his current job with Fox Sports. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. I mean, he was one of the – guys that was out ahead of the MMA uh, train you know he was he's trained for a long time he's he's kind of uh, promoted it all these years so cool for him to finally get into um, the TV side of it uh, before we move on just explain uh, Bellator uh, they came here I believe twice had an opportunity really to do some different stuff with them when they were here uh, they were supposed to you know give UFC a run for its money or at least to be that alternate mm. uh, league whatever happened to that you talking about Bellator? Yeah. Well, they have Viacom. You know, Viacom bought Bellator, so they have Viacom money. So they have endless, you know, fund. But that said, UFC is a, UFC is kind of like Q-tips, right? I mean, they've they've it's almost like a monopoly, right? Like when you think when you when you think of uh, I don't know where you're going with this Q-tip thing. Well, like because Q-tip is you know people don't say um, I don't even know yeah, like okay. when you want a Q-tip you say Q-tip right <laughs> and it's a brand it's it's not the actual thing UFC is a brand it's not the actual sport yeah. so when you say more people will understand what you're talking about if you say UFC rather than MMA yeah. that's my the point I'm making so it's 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 far and away but I will say Bellator does have a lot of exciting fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't really like their business model. You know, they went with those Kimbo Slice fights. I don't love that. And now they're they're doing a pretty cool heavyweight Grand Prix, which which you know Grand Prix are always fun in MMA. But like Chael Sonnen and Rampage Jackson, two old guys, are headlining your event when you got Lima versus Roy McDonald, two of the best fighters in the world, and you they're fighting for a, a championship. Anyway, I, I don't I don't take Bellator as a serious uh, challenger to UFC. That UFC uh, segment brought to you by Noah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we got some medical questions and also uh, some questions about the Saints and LSU football with Dr. Saul Graves. Continue to hit us up at 888-993-7762, the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline slash text line. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. 
He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. When people get sick, they need a doctor. When cars get sick, they need Autoplex Automotive. So if your check engine light comes on, you have an electrical problem, need brake work, or just an inspection sticker, they do it all. They're a full service shop that can perform any BG service and stand behind their work with a parts and labor warranty. They even offer towing service. Autoplex Automotive, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. When your car's sick, call 855-4483. It's time for the Morning Drive's weekly visit with the sports medicine doctors at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic. Welcome back to the Morning Drive on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7. We always enjoy catching up with the doctors. Dr. Saul Gray joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. How are you doing this morning, Saul? you staying warm? Hey, guys. Trying to. and I'm uh, doing well. Thank you. Uh, this is one of the reasons why we live in the South, right? So we don't have to go through temperatures like this on a, a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. Right. And I tell you, that's and to me. I, I don't remember. Of course, I guess you just forget those kind of things. I don't remember it ever being as cold as it as it um, as it's been the last couple of days. I, in fact, yesterday actually, I had to go to clinic in Ruston yesterday morning, and it was a treacherous trip. Let me tell you, um, you know, cars slid off the interstate all over the place, and. Uh, it was a big mistake on my part to even try to do that. But uh, fortunately, I was able to get there and back safely. I was going to ask you, in terms of uh, surgeries, did you have some scheduled yesterday? Did you have to reschedule? How does that work out? Yeah, well, actually, I, I did not have surgery yesterday. On Tuesday, it's my clinic day, so I'm in clinic in the morning and the afternoon. Uh, but I did have partners that had surgery, and, and um, if the patient showed up, then then, uh, then they did it. So, um for the most part, it went on, and, and uh, I guess that's you know in our profession, you know, weather you know doesn't doesn't stop things in most cases. So, you know, we got to just keep keep moving along. And fortunately, everybody seemed to be able to get there okay. You had a lot of cancellations in clinic, obviously, because people didn't want to get out, and I think that was a wise thing. But um, anyway, so we're we're uh, we're still still having clinic, and uh, hopefully, the roads will be a lot better today, which I think they probably are. So i got a number of uh, medical questions for you, but before we get to that, I want to just uh, pick your brain on a couple things. We all continue to reflect and try to figure out what we saw Sunday in that Viking-Saints games. Uh, as a fan or perhaps a, as a former player, uh, is that one of the toughest losses you've witnessed or have been a part of? I, I think so. I mean, it was just it was so shocking. And, and um, you know, and, and I know as, as players it, that's, that's the same thing, you know, especially when you've played well enough to, to um, you know, to get back in a game and, and, and to think that you've had it won uh, and, to, and to lose it in, in that 
fashion. Um, you know, it's just it's it's devastating. But you know, it, it uh, that's that's what makes sports so great. You know, you're you're uh, and that's what you try to always you know think as a player and, and preach to a team when you're a coach is that hey, you know, you're never out of it. You got to keep fighting and, and keep trying, and 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 uh, that's what the Vikings did, and and uh, you know they made a play to win it. Being a big, uh, a former LSU uh, quarterback and being a, a Tiger supporter, what do you make of the news? We haven't had a chance to visit with you. Uh, the news that uh, Steve Ensminger, the new offensive coordinator at LSU. Well, um, you know, first of all, you know, Steve Ensminger actually was one of my childhood heroes. You know, he was playing quarterback in the seventies, and and uh, you know, I, um, you know, I, I, that's who I wanted. I wanted to be a quarterback. I wanted to be Steve Ensminger or David Woodley, who played at the same time, and so. I've always been a big fan of his, and and um, um, although it, it, I don't think it was the popular hire among fans, you know I do think that you know given what he did last year when he took over, I mean which was which was pretty uh, amazing, and, and you know when you look at look at his offense, you know I, he uh, I liked how he threw the ball deep, you know he spread the ball around, he it was obviously a different looking offense than what had been taking place prior to that. Now the question is. You know when he when he rests, when he runs his own offense now is it going to is it going to look the same and so I guess I'll just sort of um, you know reserve my opinion until mm-hmm. in, until that uh, takes place next year but you know I certainly think he's capable of doing it and and uh, you know a lot of people make a um, make a big deal about how long it's been since he's been an offensive coordinator but you know th- that was the way it was last year and he and he, and he you know I, I thought he he showed a um, uh, you know, you look pretty good calling play. So we'll we'll see how it does this year. So I'll, I'll be a fan for now, and then we'll see what happens. I think that's a, a position a lot of people are taking. Saul, so we're all Monday morning quarterbacks. Uh, ultimately, what would you like to see out of LSU's offense? I, I think a lot of what he said. You know, I think they need to spread the ball around. I think that that's um, um, and maybe they were a little limited this year in in the the number of quality wide receivers that they had. I, you know, I don't know. I, I look out there and I see a lot of what looks to me like a lot of ta- talented guys. Um, and and you heard him say it that that's that's um, you know that that's what he wants to do is, is try to to go a lot of four wide receiver looks and, and spread it out. And, and I think that's what it, that's what it takes. I think they found out you know through the years that even even when they had you know, very good running backs and, and very good offensive line. When you when you get up against the more physical run defenses, you know, like Alabama, like Florida, like Georgia next year, um, you just can't line up and run the football. I mean, you've got to be able to spread the football around. And, and uh, so I think that's what that's what most people have been uh, wanting. You know, um, even in the days when we were having a lot of wins, uh, it was still, um, you know, a lot of just running the ball over and over again and, and – and then win in the fourth quarter, which isn't which isn't a bad thing. But uh, if you want to take that next step, I think they've got to they've got to do something a little bit different. And it, and it sounds like that's what he's planning to do, and, and hopefully that'll work out. A few uh, medical questions for you, and they center around the Saints. We watched that game, and of course, see Thomas Morstead making the tackle. Then from there, you could tell he was in major discomfort, in major pain. We thought it was broken ribs. Now, uh, Morstead says it's torn cartilage in the ribs. Pain level for a punter. Where could we uh, rate this for what Morstead went through the other day? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously any injury that you have to your ribs, you know, whether it's a broken rib or bruised ribs or torn cartilage or, you know, a muscle injury, uh, it's just extremely painful because, you know, every time you breathe in and breathe out, 
you know, you're using your you're using your rib cage to do that, and so it uh, it's very very painful. And, and I even saw a comment from him about how painful it was just to breathe on the sideline. So so to be able to punt the football is 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 extremely painful, and 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 so that was that was pretty amazing what he was able to do. But I even think even even more, um, uh, you know, when you look at his toughness, the fact that he came out of the locker room at the end yeah. to line up for that. Uh, to that for that extra point. I mean, you can imagine you, when you when you're hurting that bad. Now you think the game is over, and it's not your job to come out there and and, and be on the the, the kick uh, extra point team. Uh, and but he did it, and to me that just shows a significant amount of toughness on his part. And, and um, you know, obviously a guy that that, that uh, even the Vikings fans took notice and um, and have had a lot of kind things to say about him as well, which you don't see that too often. So anyway, I, you know, it's it's a very, very painful injury, and, and to do what he did, I think, is pretty amazing. Yeah, Vikings fans did take notice, and a lot of them uh, donated to Thomas Morstead's uh, foundation. Classy move on uh, both sides. Uh, yesterday, also, uh, Teron Armstead uh, revealed that he played a majority of the year with a ripped hip flexor for uh, just the second half of the season. What does a ripped hip flexor consist of? Well, you know, your hip flexor is, is uh, what connects uh, your, your thigh muscles to your pelvis, and it's basically, you know, it's what you use to, to bring your leg uh, forward, and, and so you have to use it to run. And, and so, obviously, what he means is that he, he, he either tore or partially tore the hip flexor uh, in the front of his leg, and, and it's, it's one of those things that, that um, you know, we talked about muscle-type injuries in the past, whether it be quad injuries or hamstring injuries, and this is along the same lines. Uh, because every time you run, you have to use your hip flexor, and so uh, I, I think it was the maybe the Carolina game where you, where you, that I was watching. Uh, I can't remember if it was that game or the Atlanta game where he was running up the sideline, and you could tell it, it looked like someone shot him in the front of the leg. Uh, you know, he kind of just went down, and um, and so that's just a, um, evidence of how significant uh, a, an injury that is, because it keeps you from being able to run and. And it seemed like the times that he aggravated were the times that he really had to to run full speed. I think the other time, maybe in this past game, was after an interception when he went to go try to make a, a tackle. He hurt it again, and and uh, it's just a tough injury uh, in season to be able to come back for because you're trying to get back as quick as possible, and and the tendency is sometimes maybe to try to get back a little uh, before it's healed completely. And, and as you can see, it's easy to re-aggravate. So it's certainly something that in the off season. It should heal up fine, and, and uh, he'll be ready to go next year. Uh, other news from the Saints yesterday. Uh, Zach Street cons- considers to, uh, considering uh, retirement after 13 seasons, he continues to rehab uh, two torn ligaments in his knee. Uh, we know that is a lengthy rehab process. So it's one of those questions people always ask. Typically, when you have a knee injury like that, uh, are you more likely to have another one, or are you more probable to come back stronger than ever? Yeah, so his uh, his injury, I believe, was a torn ACL and also an MCL tear, which is a very common injury. You know, we see that often where where you tear your MCL at the same time that you tear your ACL. Sometimes the MCL will heal on its own, and, and all you have to do is, is uh, uh, fix the ACL or reconstruct the ACL. Uh, in his case, I believe that they both needed surgery, so that means it's a little bit higher um, um, or more significant injury, but even even yet, I mean, we see guys all the time that that come back from that injury uh, at 100%. And and to answer your question about are you more likely to tear that knee, 
than the other knee. You know, you know, I, I usually, I always tell people when we when we, when we do an ACL surgery that you know, if you can tear the ACL that, that God gave you, you certainly can tear the ACL that's been reconstructed. But if you look at studies, you know, when that's been done to, to see, hey, you know, what's the likelihood of tearing the ACL to be reconstructed? It actually shows that you have a higher likelihood of tearing the ACL on the other knee than you do the reconstructed knee. So I don't think that that particular injury in and of itself is something that says, hey, there's no way that he can come back to play again. I think he very well could come back. I think the big decision in his case is that he's, you know, a, 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 I believe 34 or 35-year-old offensive lineman, and so the question is whether or not he wants to try to come back and, and, and go through the rehab process again to get back to where he's ready to play again. But I think if he wants to do it, I think he can, and I don't think there's really any more likelihood of, ter- of injuring that knee um, than with anybody else. Soft listeners out there need you, your assistance or some of your colleagues. Where can they find you? Well, we have our main office on uh, Louisville Avenue in Monroe. Uh, we have our um, our satellite clinics in Western O and also Ruston, and, and also our after-hours clinics, uh, which we actually closed our after-hours clinic last night, but it'll be back open uh, tonight starting at 5 o'clock, and the after-hours clinic is also on Saturday mornings from uh, 8 to 11 as well. So, as always, appreciate the time. Uh, stay warm and stay safe on the roads, bud. All right, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Dr. Saul Graves, good stuff there on the Saints, uh, LSU, and some medical issues. What's the worst injury you ever had? Uh, I had a broken collarbone one. Oh, we talked about that. That's pretty much it. Been yeah. pretty uh, lucky. Thanks for uh, jinxing me. Yeah. I'm going to walk out, slip on some ice right. in the parking lot, <laughs> and I'll be down for the count. Oh, old man won't be able to get up. <laughs> what about you? Uh, broken ankle. Oh, that's pretty uh, significant. That happened in a ba- uh, basketball game. Uh. Like a pickup game. Uh-huh. Um, you going up to dunk it and somebody undercut you? No, what happened? Well, I was going up for a layup. <laughs> yes. And uh, I was being sarcastic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I came down on someone's foot uh, and just pow. Man, you knew right away. No, I didn't. I had no idea it was broke. In fact, I walked on it yeah. and I mean, it swelled up like, it was like a softball. I thought um, you needed to be more of a squealer. I could see you laying down on the ground and hooting n- and hollering. No, I was trying to walk it off because I thought I just sprained it. and um, Tape it up. Yeah, and then later I finally got a doctor to look at it like three weeks after. He's like, this thing's not healing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I didn't go to the hospital or anything. We just It was a friend of my dad's, and he looked at it and said, yeah, you fractured your ankle. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, good. He was like, yeah, it, I didn't even get – I just three had to, weeks yeah i was like three because i was like man this thing still looks like a softball on my leg something's wrong <laughs> it's not healing that probably derailed your career right there. i got i'll show you a picture uh, i think i still have a picture of it it was nasty looking yeah derailed my career eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two the Stuart shelby state from hotline slash text line let's talk a little saints after the break you'll hear from uh sean payton and drew Brees. what about the future of the future Hall of Famer, Drew Brees in the Big Easy. You mean we'll get an answer? No. (laughs) That's after the break. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. 
The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Athletes are always being put to the test. It's how they know they're strong and tough enough, or if there's room to be better. Well, the same goes for car batteries. That's why AutoZone offers free battery testing. If your car is having trouble starting, just stop in and get your battery tested on the spot for free. Whether it's just a loose cable or time for a new battery, you won't have to buy a part you don't need. Stop in today and put your battery to the test. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Succeeding at the Farmers Insurance Open can all come down to experience. You need to know all the angles and understand the hazards to get the job done. Whether you're choosing your club or choosing your insurance company, Farmers knows experience matters. That's probably why they've invited Fox Sports Radio back to broadcast live from the Farmers Insurance Open next Wednesday. Visit FarmersInsuranceOpen.com for tournament info or join the conversation at hashtag FIO18. And remember, at Farmers, they've seen almost everything, so they know how to cover almost anything. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Again, wide right. Sneed lines up inside him on his left shoulder. Oh, they reset the play clock for Drew now. He's got in excess of 15 seconds with which to work. Here's Breeze dropping, looking, throwing into the end zone. Alvin Kamara. Got him. Touchdown, Saints. That's the inside fade. That was the fade route. That's the one that they needed. Lights, Camara, action for a 14-yard touchdown reception. Tremaine Brock couldn't prevent it. Jim Henderson with the call, courtesy to Saints. Shut the heck up, Deuce McAllister. He's ruining it, man. Well, that's what he's done all year. He's ruining it. <laughs> know your place. Stay in your lane, Deuce. I don't care if you're one of the greatest backs ever with the Saints. When did you become Nick White? Well, I, well, I point taken but come on at some point henderson should say hey deuce by the way th- this is what i've done for a while i know what i'm doing i understand what you meant to this they've franchise. done this all year you are that's what i'm saying you are in my booth let's make this work just shut up uh, i'll let you can do your your color and your yeah, add some you know analysis once the play ends don't be yelling out during the middle of the play. I don't know why I'm getting all riled up about this. You are getting pretty fired up. But Henderson does a great job, and it just that, that would have been a spectacular call. But the deuce messes it up. The whole I thought the whole point of being a good color commentator was knowing when not to speak. <laughs> that's what that's what all of them say, right? Yeah, they say, well, you, you know, it's it's easy to just ramble on, but it's 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 knowing when not to talk. Yeah. To let the moment happen. And let Deuce it would fire back, and he would say, hey, everybody's saying Romo's doing such a great job, and he steps all over Jim Nance. So <laughs> what's the stop? difference? What's the difference? Does Romo step over? Yeah, yes, he does. He does, he does. He does. But, and that's what we love about him in his first year in the booth, the passion that he brought. And he was a lot of times actually, like a little sixth grader, like, ooh, oh, look at him. You know? He's right. excited. But he's actually calling the play before it happens. I don't think Deuce is doing you, too much. Did of you that. not hear that call right there? Deuce was calling it right there. No. So I guess it's a fine line. I guess. 
Why do we have a double standard then? Deuce, Deuce is greater than Tony Romo. <laughs> Let him talk all he wants. Nobody has ever said that <laughs> in the broadcasting booth. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's. Uh, what do we make of uh, Drew Brees and Russell points out Saints loss? Yes, we're aware of that. Hey, Clay Travis just talked an hour about the last play uh, in his show in terms of how he could have made that tackle. Now, you want to talk about taking it to another level, the next level or the bottom level, that would be it. Yeah, um, so let's start that today. Could Aaron have made that tackle? <laughs> Are you quick enough, Aaron? <laughs> All you got to do is get in his way. That's yeah. really how you get yeah. Let's have a poll question on it. <laughs> you could you could sit there and roll and slow him down enough to for him not to score. All right, Drew Brees and his future with the Saints. I mean, you look at it. He's got all the negotiating bargaining power in the world. I mean, who are the Saints going to go with? Uh, Taysom Hill. Yeah, exactly. He's the future. Yeah. By the way, when they said that, I was like, wait, he, they really think he's the future? I didn't know that. Mm. All right, so I thought this was just a publicity stunt for a special teams place. It was kind of cool this year how it did play out, and we didn't have that daily, weekly, monthly discussion about Drew Brees and his future with the Saints. Yeah. So now we're going to get it for the next, uh, what, uh, month, month and a half. You would think that they could get this thing uh, hammered out pretty quickly. I was going to say, we'll be lucky if that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, just look at how contracts are done these days, man. It takes forever. But because Drew Brees and the Saints, I mean, they, they've always had a pretty good uh, – they've always had good unity. So maybe they can iron it out sooner than, you know, other superstars. Like, like I'm, I'm pretty confident this will happen before Le'Veon Bell gets his thing figured out in Pittsburgh. Mm. Uh, but, you know. Well, with Bell, they can still slap the franchise tag on. Right, they can't slap it on, on Drew. Breeze could really make a lot of people uncomfortable if he just started uh, looking around, making visits to other cities, other oh, franchises. He would. I don't. He wouldn't do that. He would not do that. <laughs> All right. Here's uh, Breeze yesterday, a season-ending uh, press conference. He was asked about his future in New Orleans. Future at all? No, the season's over. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's the same way I felt two days ago. Same way I felt twelve years ago. That is that I'll be here as long as they'll have me, hopefully. Will you listen to any other teams, Drew? Um, I mean, listen, there's – I don't plan on it. I don't plan on it. Is there a process with you and your agents, like a timeline that you've worked out where you say, by this date I'd like to have X, Y, and Z done? Do you all strategize about that? You know, we're just two days removed, you know. Um, I really haven't given it a ton of thought. Um, other than, you know, I know where my mindset's been the whole time, and that is that I'll be here. I like that, about the, the strategy the strategy that he has. X, Y, and Z. Yeah, uh, so uh, next week, yes, we don't have something uh, figured out. I'm going to start uh, exploring my different options with other franchise. We're going to really put the pressure on Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton to get this thing worked out. Sure. I know they got to worry about the Pro Bowl, and then they, actually Sean Payton and the staff will be coaching that thing. Dude, I, I keep forgetting about the Pro Bowl. When is the Pro Bowl? Uh, isn't it, the, isn't week, that the, the week, week before, before yeah. in Orlando too now? Are they? What are they doing this year? Are they picking teams or? Uh, we'll wait for you to give that commentary and analysis of that game on okay. that uh, Monday morning. Okay, thanks. Uh, I'm putting it on on my schedule right now. Looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Now you look at the Saints with the uh, Breeze under center, and that is the other thing: the fact that he looks at this roster, he looks at this team. You look at the fact you lost ten guys this year, uh, ten starters, and you're still able to get as far as you were. Uh, 
the future looks extremely bright and promising for this franchise. Yeah, I mean, that's a no-brainer, man. You look at the way the, the leaps and bounds that this defense has improved, and you look at how all of these draft picks have impacted the game. I mean, the future is bright. It, you know, this team is, 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 going to, is turning a corner. It turned a corner this year. And so, like we said, you know, you go into this draft, you know, you're not really filling needs. You're just adding depth. And so you look to just improve your team overall. You're not like we have to get a cornerback in the first round. Uh, at this point, you don't you don't have to. It's not a it's not a must. And so, I think that's what's important is Drew Brees sees this this team and he sees all of the talent and he realizes that the window is closing for him. And you know he he doesn't need to go start over elsewhere. New Orleans gives him a great chance to to compete for a, a world title. It is the catchphrase you'll continue to hear with franchises: the window of opportunity, especially when you have an aging quarterback, a quarterback that just turned uh, 39 on Monday. Here's his Breeze's response to the opportunity that lies ahead for his franchise. I feel like, I feel like we have a great window of opportunity. Um, listen, I've, I've been a part of talented teams in the past throughout my career, though, that have not lived up to expectation. I've also been a part of teams that were just gutsy and gritty and surpassed expectation. So bottom line is um, success is dependent upon your willingness to work and the way that guys care about one another and the sense of urgency. And so while I think that we do have a talented team, I know that each year you have to go out and you have to prove it. You have to um, form that identity through hard work and dedication and great leadership and um, through character and through toughness and through, you know, caring about one another. And so do I feel like this team has what it takes? Yes, I do. Um, so I do feel like there is a window of opportunity here. Hmm. Kind of the response and the appropriate response you would get from Drew Brees, who certainly knows he looks at the young roster and the talented guys that they have around, but also knows what eight of the 12 teams in the postseason this year were new teams and it can change so very quickly in the NFL. Yeah. And, you and you're in the toughest division in the And league. you think about all the injuries that your team endured and the fact that you were still in it. I mean, you still had a chance to beat the Vikings, still should have beat the Vikings. And, and Russell weighs in and says, if you guys were the GM, what would be your focus to improve? And I think, for me, I think you just need to add some more depth at linebacker. I think after the A.J. Klein injury, you know, I don't want to pick on, on Craig Robertson, but you know, they he got picked on a little bit in the passing game. And so I would just like a little bit more depth there. But that's the that's the really the one glaring place. I think every everything else is, is solid. And of course, you know, you want to probably draft a quarterback high just in case. I mean I don't I don't think Taysom Hill's the future. Um <laughs> you know, and, and I think that Drew Brees, we don't know how much longer he has and so start grooming him. Let somebody get in there that's gonna be the actual future, not not the Grayson experiment, you know, let somebody who, who you really feel is going to be the future, let him spend time with Drew Brees. Mm. That's what I want. So Sean Payton started the press conference, and uh, the questions were about Drew Brees. He pretty much uh, nipped that in the butt and basically said, I'm not answering those questions today. So then at the end of the press conference, somebody worded it in a different way and said, man, Coach, don't you just want to win another Super Bowl for Drew Brees? <laughs> And this was his response. I think for every one of us, 
I, it's not about the ring. It's about the, the, the championship itself. And I think every one of us have that drive to get back. I mean, that's why you play it, right, to win and to, to win everything. And so that, I think Drew would say, say the same thing. You know how sometimes you've seen something or eaten somewhere, but you want to take a friend and you get just as much enjoyment watching them um, either eat that meal or watch the show. Or I think that's kind of one of the things that I look forward to is just for so many of these players, you try to describe it, and yet you know, it's hard to. So it's one of those where you want to be in a position to allow others to experience it. I watched the entire press conference with uh, Drew Brees and Sean Payton. That was the best response that Sean Payton gave the entire day. And then immediately following that answer, he said, one more question. (laughs) (laughs) And on the high note. Yes. Team now moves forward, of course, uh, and we'll have more sound from uh, uh, Drew Brees and Sean Payton coming up uh, later in the show. Just talking about what they do now with free agency and also with the draft draft class this past year they're gonna have a hard time duplicating what they did but uh um, back to back yeah back to back classes the tone has changed though all those articles about loomis and peyton and the draft classes that they whiffed on and now of course they hit literally a home run a grand slam on the past one absolute grand slam and so that's why you know i'm excited about the draft and that's what we'll go back to our argument i'm sure we'll have the argument more as as the months come but that's why the NFL draft is so exciting. It can change your team. And that's why I don't think it's overhyped ever. You know, I mean, you just look at what it's done for the Saints this year, and that's why I'm going to be even more excited about it this year. Do have some breaking news. Uh, Brett McMurphy now, now reporting. Uh, sources say former Florida State great uh, Deion Sanders has decided to join uh, Florida State's coaching staff. Sanders, of course, was on the sidelines for the Independence mm-hmm. Bowl and at the time said, you never know when asked about joining the Seminole staff. Will this work now for Florida State with prime time on the sidelines for Florida State? Uh, sure, I think it will. It should do wonders for recruiting, too. The compliance officer is like, oh, my, I'm going to have my hands full now. <laughs> yeah, but everybody kind of saw this coming. Yeah. I mean, just him on the sidelines, and then he says I, I, something like, I did always make plays in this in this uh, in these cultures. He gave the speech too right before the game. Yeah, I mean he he we we knew he was going. I mean they were you if you can connect the dots you knew he was coming. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two the seven o'clock hour in the books coming up after the break. Keith Richard from ULM joins us for his weekly visit. We're back after this. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.